I was very fortunate enough to be surrounded with people who encouraged me um, to keep going. And it led me to my first publishing deal, songwriting deal, um, when I was 17. And, you know, uh, especially pop songs, R&B songs, like crazy, it's always real heartbreak or high on love kind of thing. But this song was just like, it's not only like the highs and lows, it's the Tuesdays, it's the mundane things, it's the little things that you do every day to make something work. And I just like, when I heard this, I'm like, wow, the purpose of life is to discover your gift. The work of life is to develop it. And the meaning of life is to give your gift away. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Sagan Experience, your favorite musicians, favorite musicians, favorite podcast. Today, I am joined by Melissa Polinar. Melissa is an incredible musician, a singer-songwriter, who I actually kind of met like on accident at a wedding. Uh, I saw her perform and was like completely blown away with her voice. And we ended up like chatting and staying in touch and I've just, uh, she had an amazing career already, but I just have been honored to kind of see her career grow. Um, and she's, you know, collabed with some incredible artists like India Ari, put out uh, her EP and an album and a lot of great music. So I'm excited to dive in here at now with season two to talk to Melissa about her, you know, life journey so far and some of her music and just chop it up. Um, and dive into everything that she's done and talk about music and just see where things go. So, Melissa, thanks for being here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I want to start off actually with going back a little bit. I'm, I'm really curious about where like your first spark or inspiration for music started. Uh, like, you know, what age do you kind of remember really falling in love like with music? Or where did that whole journey start? Um, my journey with music started even before I could really remember. I think um, I was blessed with a family who loves music. None of them are musicians by trade. Um, they just kind of encouraged music for me and my siblings and everyone. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm also Filipino, so that kind of, if you know anything about the Filipino culture, they love music and arts. And um, But the, the funny thing about being in this culture is that, especially, I would say, millennial and older, um, is that even if they love music, they don't really consider that as a career, right? So they just, like, put their kids to music lessons and all that stuff, Um but didn't really think of it as, you know, they still thought of me as going to like a medical school or, or some other trade. Um, but my love for music started then, but I didn't really consider it as a career, like was really passionate about like pursuing it um, in a more, I guess, serious way until I would say 15, um, high school. Um, I don't know music has just been part of my fabric and I just thought it made sense it's like this is what I love doing why not keep doing it in the I don't know higher level capacity rather than just like a hobby on the side and I didn't really care for the thought of 
being a nurse or a doctor or a lawyer i mean i you know i respect everybody who does that kind of job i i just somehow like followed my heart in that whole thing and it's scary because none i i was i didn't grow up in la where music industry is is rampant and you know like you have parents who always cater to their kids in the the industry i didn't have that like i had to kind of pave my own and learn as i went pretty much but yeah around high school was the time that i felt like that calling or that urge to like i'm gonna try to do this and if i fail i fail if it's gonna succeed it's cool so it's almost kind of like this skydive decision um moment in my life yeah so so did you did you kind of like first pick up like an instrument or was it like your voice did you start with like singing um how when you started thinking about taking it more seriously what was kind of the first step um well my first i guess instrument would be vocals right um people don't really think of voice as an instrument but that is actually my first instrument um and then you know my parents took me um to piano lessons but i didn't really gravitate to piano but i learned the basics right i knew the chords and all that stuff um i think around high school i started playing violin seriously i was i for a period of time for a very short period of time i thought i was going to be a classical musician i was going to be like in a symphony orchestra and that would be like my thing um but it was around 15, 16 when I realized that I love songwriting. I love storytelling and I love, you know, um, you know, growing up singing other people's songs like, you know, Whitney Houston songs or, or Mar Mariah Carey. And I felt like, why don't, why not try it? Why not try writing? And I don't know, like when I started doing it, it was just such a, I don't, like there's a thing that sparked inside me. And I was very fortunate enough to be surrounded with people who encouraged me. Um, to keep going and it led me to my first publishing deal songwriting deal um when i was 17 and uh, uh for for a big pretty big company in uh, nashville that was based in nashville and so um i didn't even know that kind of deal ever existed <laughs> like i didn't know that you can be a songwriter full-time i mean i was that clueless this was before youtube this was before social media um this was all before like anything you can just look up on online how to write a song you know like it's just I didn't know it existed it was all like maiden voyage um, and there's some sort of like this innocence to it that I miss in a way but it was very scary at the same time because I didn't know what I was dealing with you know um, yeah so that was kind of the beginnings of, of my journey and this was before YouTube a lot of people, especially my fans, especially my demographic of, of fans and supporters, uh, found me on YouTube around 2009 or 8, maybe. Um, so year shortly before that, I was already songwriting. I was already gathering all these songs. And, uh, and YouTube was like kind of like my, I don't know, my second resurrection within the music industry, to be honest. So... By the time I emerged in that scene, um, I already had the like a back pocket of songs with me. So, yeah. Yeah, I 
um, I think your your rise like through YouTube was really really cool, and I definitely want to jump into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you explain how you first got that deal? Like how you know because this was like before you know social media and people were really posting on YouTube. Like how were you writing songs and like posting them somewhere else online? Like how, how did you get kind of like discovered? And how did that deal like even happen? Oh, okay, that was a funny story. So I just wrote, I, I literally probably had written 20 songs at this point, right? So it was wow. just something that I loved doing. I was, you know, I was in high school uh, preparing myself on like the journey in college, like what degree am I going to take? Because I don't really know, but I want to do music, but I don't really know what avenues to do it. So in the summers, I would say my junior year, um, I would go like do shows um, and I did one and there was a music conference um, in Colorado and it was just like they, they held workshops on how to write a song. You get to meet fellow songwriters and this this whole conference does not exist anymore. It was just like something that I found and so I was like, well, you know, I just want to learn and just go pay like this this entry fee thing and flew over there and. I remember my family was very concerned because it was like a young girl going solo on a trip to another state, which I don't have any family or friends over in Colorado at that point. But anyways, I did it. Um, and I guess that's kind of like my independent loner spirit kind of kicking in when when I think about it. So I, I, I went and I don't know, like you turn in like your songs to to I guess like there's a submission process and you can like perform at a um, coffee house late night show and um, I was selected to to play a song and at that point I didn't really play guitar so I played piano and I just played one of my songs and I I somehow got a standing ovation (laughs) and then at the end of it all I was just like okay well I'm satisfied to go back home and and like pursue college and whatever it is that's ahead of me but at that point there was a dude that came backstage and asked me for my demo and like my contact and all that stuff and I was like who is this guy I don't really know you know I was a little like guarded and jaded and but at that point my brother and I did like a little maybe three song um, demo and I I had some CDs burnt with me like copies CDs guys we don't know what that is anymore so I had a a few CDs with me and and I gave that a a copy to that dude and I had no idea who he was he introduced himself and he said he's from whatever and I was just like well I don't really know who this guy is but you know as long as um, if if he really thinks my music is really great, then so be it. And I just left it alone. I went back home, flew back home. I enjoyed my trip. And then I didn't have a cell phone because back in the day, kids don't have cell phones. And um, I just remember going back home from school. And I was living with my aunt at that point. And she told me, it's like, there's this person that's been calling and... Um, they said they're from Nashville and you need to call them back. And I'm like, okay. So long story short, it was, um, it was a Warner Chapel, um, company and they wanted to fly me in to Nashville. 
And so I did. And um, yeah, and they just basically accommodated like a studio, like little showcase, like a private showcase where I sang in front of executives. And yeah, that's that's what basically led me to my first publishing deal. And at first they wanted me to sign me as an artist. But I think, you know, in hindsight, um, they didn't quite know what to do with me because, you know, I'm an Asian woman or girl at that point who lived in Texas, uh, sings and writes songs and, you know, sings soulful music. And I don't know. I mean, in these uh, 2022, that's kind of like a lot of Filipinos and Asian Americans are are in the forefront now. Um, but back in the day, they didn't really know what to do with me. But um, there are a few people that wanted to champion my cause and wanted to sign me. But obviously, the industry was different then. And so um, instead of signing me to a record deal, they signed me to a publishing deal, which is songwriting. So the, the the course, I guess uh, the intention is that for me to keep writing music and at the same time with the intention of developing me as an artist. So when I have a catalog of songs, um, hoping to sign me to major label, that didn't happen. So I was three years in with my writing deal and that didn't happen. And so after that, I went back home to Texas. And that was it. And I was just like, well, maybe that was my attempt for music industry. And maybe my family was right that I wasn't supposed to pursue this, <laughs> you know. And and there's definitely a lot of internal struggles in my head at that point because it's like, was this the right decision? Was this the right decision? You know, definitely like um, a lot of <laughs> internal struggles there. But, yeah, I went back home. I signed on for a couple more college uh, classes to start finishing a degree because I didn't finish it. I was like, I, I quit in the middle of it all. And YouTube, then YouTube started to happen. Cause, and I thought like, well, I'm not going to do any shows, live shows, because I'm going to be here, you know, being a college student. So YouTube was like this thing that kind of facilitated my creativity and like my, my love for music alive in the middle of everything. Um, and I, but I just had no idea that it would still help me continue music till this day. Like, I mean, 2022, you know what I mean? Um, so it, it's been such a funny journey, but I feel like it's kind of a cool thing to share with people because sometimes if you just follow your heart and I know that sounds very cliche, um, it's, uh, you know, it's very rewarding because I feel like uh, you know, this music industry is probably one of the hardest things to navigate, but um, I don't feel any regret pursuing it and doing it. So even if I were to quit technically today or next week or something, anything that I've contributed to the world, I feel like I'm very, I don't know, happy and, and very content about this, though, my decision at least. Yeah, I... I think it was uh, it's super admirable that you really had the courage to not only go to like this conference, you know, by yourself and like perform in front of all these people, but then that kind of like courage, you know, led to a deal, you know, um, and then subsequently, I think 
kind of, I'm assuming gave you more courage to kind of continue pursuing music and, you know, follow your heart, like you were saying, and, and that passion, uh, which then led you to YouTube, mm -hmm. uh, which I think, you know, especially in the early or early to like mid 2000s, uh, it was definitely not what it is today. Uh, so it was, <laughs> and, and I think what was really cool is there's a lot of like interesting communities there. And I remember, uh, I remember being in like high school and then college at that point where I started following just like senior songwriter artists and they would just set up like, uh, I guess, you know, webcams back then. Uh, mm -hmm. we didn't really have as many like, you know, built in HD videos on laptops. It was more kind of like grainy, but what I loved about that era is that it was very like raw, like it, the, mm -hmm. you know, artists would come on and just like on their guitar. There's no like fancy equipment. Like we have, you know, these mics now and, and like headphones and everything. And it was just like pure, like from the heart. Um, and I remember people would like do covers, uh, and just, just kind of like film something and put it out there. And it was really like beautiful to see people just kind of put themselves like out there in that way. And, uh, and I remember like, seeing you as being a big part of that, especially, you know, putting like your own original songs too, which was actually not as common, uh, I think back then, but could you just tell me like, uh, that experience of like you first, like putting out like your first video on YouTube and like how that felt and then just kind of how things like built from there, uh, describe like that, that kind of era for me. Um, okay, so YouTube was like this wild, wild west. Nobody knew what to do with it except for like, you know, cat videos or something. Um, but I I got booked <laughs> at a show in, in uh, Inland Empire area in California. And um, the promoter, who is a fan of mine, I guess, and he, he, he said to me like, Melissa, nobody really knows you around here. So, you know, to help promote the show, why don't you sing one of your songs and just say... The show is going to be blah, blah, blah. See you there kind of thing. And I've never done one of those in my life before then. And so at that point, I, I recorded a song called Meant to Be. And then I it's still on my YouTube page. And it says, come over August something. I knew it was in August. Um, I remember. Um, so yeah, that was, that was actually my first official YouTube video. I mean, I posted something before that, but it wasn't, it wasn't really to promote my career. It was just something that I just posted, but that was like, I would say my official YouTube post. Um, I think it's 2008 and uh, I didn't think much about it. I flew over to California and did that show. And what I realized is that by the time I hit the stage, I sang meant to be, and quite a bit of people started singing it. And so that blew my mind. I'm just like, what the heck? Like, it's a weird sensation at this point. I was not ready for that. I was just like, this YouTube thing might be onto something. So, um, yeah. And after that whole show, and that was the first show that I met quite a bit of YouTubers, too. I, that was the first show that I met AJ, um, Kathy Nguyen, um, AJ Raphael, by the way, so clarify um gay bondock i remember meeting him there 
so yeah and that was like i was very i was introduced in that like community with that show on the live setting and uh, i went back home and i was just like well maybe i should just keep doing these these little videos singing with my guitar and um and yeah and like you mentioned it wasn't really common to do original material during this era of youtube it was a lot of covers and it it made sense you know a lot of my friends who did the youtube thing did a lot of covers and their own renditions and and they're all great by the way um but for me i was just like well i've had these songs already that i've written and i know it's not the popular move right it's when you think about it logistically logically if you're gonna cover your, the number one song on the iTunes chart that week, you're gonna have a lot more hits. Whereas for me, it's like if I sing one of my songs and nobody knows me, like I feel like, yeah, I I definitely sacrificed a lot of the statistics and 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 all that stuff. But I felt like I just really wanted to again songwriting. It's just like I just wanted to show. Um, my you know share my songs and uh and since meant to be was one of my first songs that kind of hit i don't know like uh a lot of my audience and, and my fans i just felt like i kept doing i wanted to keep doing it i mean i did covers i did a few covers if you really look in my whole youtube page um but a lot of them are like classic songs uh that i just love personally because i feel like you know, kids these days, I feel like sometimes you just need to kind of like introduce them to the songs that, you know, it needs to be listened to, you know? So, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's kind of how I approach things. And, you know, um, yeah, I just have a heart and love for songwriting. And so I, I wanted to do that. And, um, and then this was the time that I also got introduced to Jeremy Passion and, he actually hit me up on MySpace and like said like, "Hey, I need help writing this song," and it ended up to be Paper Airplane, and I hope right, you know. So that's kind of like how the community started to like get to know me because you know Jeremy's one of the first person to like, as far as Asian American community is concerned, that um, kind of hit it big on YouTube, and um, yeah, and. And it's it, YouTube is like I'm I'm just so thankful for that whole season of my life because it's just like it paved so many like awesome relationships for me like not only in the business end and like industry but like just friendships like I you know Jeremy's still one of my closest friends ever so it's just like this kind of cool you know like that I I I still think of that time so fondly and like. I love reminiscing during that, you know, that era. I think one thing that was really cool about that era too was just the the collaboration. Um, I remember just like following some of those like artists individually, um, you know, and some of the names you mentioned, like you know, Kathy mm -hmm. and uh, and AJ Jeremy. Um, but then seeing like each one in each other's videos and like just doing like covers together or uh just like getting together and recording something like you know in your kitchen or mm -hmm. in the living room 
And I thought that was really cool because it, it didn't feel like any type of, you know, competition between artists. It was incredibly collaborative and you guys were like, seemed so supportive of each other. Yeah. Um, and it almost helped like the larger community build, uh, which I think was like really interesting and like fun. Uh, were there were there any like particular collaborations that you think back on that you you were just like man I I like love sitting down you know with this person I'm sure there are many but are there any like specifically you can kind of tell like a story of where it just like came together you know really nicely and uh, you know you felt like maybe a little bit of like magic was like created um, in that room. Are, are you talking about like a YouTube video or just collaboration in general? Uh, I would say like YouTube video just because like we're we're kind of in that like space right now like uh, and also maybe we, we can like point to like that video uh, if it's still up uh, there yeah, somewhere. Uh, well it, the videos that I have with with Jeremy I would say um, um, I think that was the time that I felt like I uh, just knew that he would be like one of my like a good friend um, just his spirit and his his talent you know um another one too that kind of started off uh he's not even in the filipino uh, filipino american or asian american community but like i had i ended up doing a collaborative video with tony luca and i don't know if you have heard of him but um mm -hmm. yeah and he introduced me to the hotel cafe crowd which is like a totally different scene but because of youtube so he he was introduced to me to my music because he saw me cover one of his songs and so and and when i visited la um he invited me to his place and he was like hey let's cover a donny hathaway song I'm like cool so that was that's another one that's that's kind of a cool moment and then we ended up writing a song that ended up on his record and i actually re-recorded it um last year and released it last year too with his vocals uh, so his version is that he he was the melody and then he had Sarah Barillas, um did the harmony and then years later I recorded it re-recorded it where he was the harmony and I was the lead so it was just kind of a cool like um thing um yeah so Jeremy's my collaboration with with him has always been very uh I don't know on point like just fun and easy it wasn't like um, and then there's another one too with Kathy and um, Nessa uh, that I have with her, with the two of them. And um, we covered, I guess, one of my songs and we did like, they did harmonies with me. And so that was, that was another one that was really fun and, and very like close to my heart and just kind of fun to reminisce about. But yeah, there's quite a few. <laughs> well, Honestly, one of my absolute favorite songs of yours, which I think uh, honestly went pretty viral and went pretty big, was was Try. Mm. And I even saw recently you guys, uh, or, or you did like a ten year kind of like anniversary. Can you mm. can you can you tell me like how that song came about and like how you wrote it and just that process? Uh, I'm actually like very genuinely curious. Oh. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was inspired by what was that, what I was going through at that point, you know. Um, 
nothing happened uh, or came about with that like relationship whatever but um that's actually the first song in that youtube era that i wrote within that era you know what i'm saying like meant mm. to be was already written before I, I hopped on it was written for a friend's wedding and so uh but to th- uh, 2009 so meant to be was 2008 and try was 2009 and i actually wrote it like that video that the first video of try i literally probably wrote try like maybe three days prior to that posting that mm. song uh, or that video so i didn't know how it would be received you know, I had no idea. I've never tried it on stage. I've never had it like recorded professionally. So it was really like kind of like a scary process. Um, you know, every songwriter gets a little anxious when they try to um, release new music. But for my original songs that I wrote within like my Nashville years or within my publishing company, at least my boss or my my publisher heard them you know what i'm saying like they already know so there's already like kind of a validation as much as you're supposed to be i don't know confident in your abilities um you know i was still very young and so i needed validation that it's actually okay this is an okay song or this is a good song but try was not i didn't have any of that you know i just had i just knew that i had this you know growing audience and community within youtube and so i started writing again and then when i wrote that i posted it and i had no idea that i was going to be i don't know received well (laughs) and you know what's interesting is that i was more scared of introducing a new song to to the internet folks than like a record label or my you know my publisher at that point because you're you're only pleasing like three people or five people or something within an industry but like you know and this was the time too i was so insecure and like didn't know where my footing was in the music just music industry that like i don't know like if there if you get like a negative comment it like kind of gets you a little insecure and stuff so it is a very scary thing you know but i try was um I don't even remember what inspired me to write that. Like, I don't even know what, you know, when people, if you were to ask me, like, what was your sonic reference or your inspiration from what you listened to? I don't know. It was just something that I was just like, that chorus melody already stuck with me and I needed to put lyrics on it and I just expound on it. Um, But yeah, but it was, it was loosely based on what I was going through, but um yeah but i was just wanting to craft a good song so at the end of the day i was just like like i'm just that nerd that wants to write a good song (laughs) i think that that's what makes you you know an an amazing songwriter and i I often hear from artists that some of the you know quote-unquote best songs however you define that you know Mm -hmm. or are really created um like pretty quickly and naturally and it sounds like it just you know you had maybe like that that melody like with you and then the lyrics just came and then you said three days later you know it came out um mm-hmm. so did it just kind of come to you really quickly like that or were you almost because it feels like you didn't like you know 
formulate it in any way. You know, it was just a very, it was based on what you were going through. It was like very raw. You just wrote it down, you recorded it, you put it out there and, Mm -hmm. you know, it just kind of like took off from there. Would you say that's, that's kind of accurate? That's pretty accurate. However, I do, uh, I, I don't know. It's just because I feel like the crafting and the work that I put in, like I've, I've written plenty songs before I wrote try you know what I'm saying so I, I put in like kind of like the homework so the crafting might have took me a shorter time than somebody who just started off writing songs from the get-go on YouTube but mm. um, yeah it, it but I would say it's pretty accurate like I think you know through the years of doing songwriting it's like you you have I don't know tools in your back pocket and your little toolbox toolkit and then like okay i want to write something a heartbreak or a love you know love song or or life song and you just kind of pull from your toolkit of, of songwriting so it's like i think it's both heart for me songwriting is both heart and mind like there's the technical technicality of it and there's the you know who cares about the rules it's about your heart you know like it, and there's like that cool in my head there's like that cool venn diagram where it overlaps and uh, when you hit that right spot it's like that's when it really works and sometimes i'm successful sometimes i'm not you know and i feel like that's kind of it keeps you humble no matter how long you you're you're in this game you know so yeah um i think a lot of people when you know something goes viral or goes big especially if it's unexpected you know they'll say oh it's like lucky you know Mm -hmm. Uh, but i've heard the definition of luck being like you know preparation meets opportunity and i think you kind of having that preparation of being a songwriter you know having done this for a while already you've written songs you know how to structure it it's been validated by performing in front of audiences and receiving such good feedback and it just seems like there's that opportunity to you know, write down what you were feeling at that time. And it was just kind of like that right intersection. You know, you mentioned like the Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think sometimes the universe just kind of places the mm-hmm. right thing at the right time and the right way to like, just really, you know, Let give that like gift of magic to the world a little bit, you know, and that other people can feel that. And I honestly like only really discovered it a bit later, um, you know, when I like met you years later and kind of went back and started listening to your music, uh, mm-hmm. and it still like really resonated with me too. So I think that's that's like really special. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> and I did see though uh, that around I think that same time. Hopefully, I'm getting my timing right. That you put out a cover of John Mayer's "Heart of Life." Um, okay. I'm a massive John Mayer fan. Uh, yes. And, um, and I, uh, I, I, I love at first I thought he was just like, you know, acoustic senior songwriter, uh, um, that was kind of like a bit of a playboy and was like putting it on, but then I heard John Mayer trio and I was like, Oh, he is like, this is like Stevie Ray Vaughan, like legit, like he's very technical. And then I just like went through his whole discography and, and fell in love. But could you could you tell me? Um, so you know, I know I know we're both fans. Could you tell me, you know, why you did that cover and um, and yeah, kind of how that came about? 
Um, if I remember correctly, um, I was going through some stuff, you know, and I feel like, and, and I'm one of those people that listens to lyrics all the time. Um, I might not catch it in the first listen, but I really kind of dissect it and that's just how my brain works now. I can't just listen to a song like casually and just whatever. So, uh, the lyrics in that song just really resonated with me and I, you know, I've, I've had history of, of, you know, anxiety and anxiety and depression. And this was way before all the mental health movement that's going on right now. And, you know, there's a lot of stigma and, and shame that goes along with it. And, and I think I remember, you know, trying to record that video. And that was just my way of like, kind of like my outlet of, of letting my emotions out without really kind of like sobbing and all that stuff. And, yeah, it's it's uh, my life has been very unique in so many ways, not just the creative part of my journey or the music part of my journey. So, yeah, it just really touched me. And, and I think, you know, Mayer is one of those such gifted writer and, you know, people have a lot of opinions on him. And I don't even know him personally on that, you know, that well or anything. But like you just can't deny that the dude is gifted with words and the way he translates his music and you know he's not really known to be you know I would say a vocal god or you know he's definitely a guitar god you know like but um I think what I admire him more is just because of his lyricism and just how how poetic he has that kind of Venn diagram of poeticism and just direct you know like just very direct mm. with his m lyrics that your average Joe or Jane can understand and but with a lot of intelligence and it's not trying to dumb it down for you and um, yeah so Heart of Life is just one of those songs that I feel like is I don't know I, is that really I kind of feel like it's kind of an underrated mayor song um, un, un, unless if you're like a mayor fan because everybody seems to like the body is a wonderland song and that's probably not necessarily my top mayor song, <laughs> but everybody knows that one. Um, but yeah, Heart of Life. Definitely one of the, like his greatest songs that he's written. Yeah. What, what I like about that song, um, I just love generally the concept of like duality and like polarity. And I feel like it's, you know, kind of a tragic song, but also very beautiful. It's like the heart of life is like good, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And even stop this train too, I believe, is about like his, you know, grandpa like passing, um, and also what I love about that song is like the the drums or like the rhythm is like kind of like a train chugging like, ch 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 mm -hmm. um, so I, and yeah, I think you're totally right. Like he kind of does it in a way that most people can understand, but there's also some elements where there's like deeper layers, especially mm -hmm. to the lyrics. Um, that if you pick up on it, it's, it feels like, you know, really special and can like really speak to you. Um, you know, I, I, wanna, I do want to ask you kind of on this, you know, topic, uh, as much as you're comfortable sharing just about, you know, going through like those tough times, um, could you, could you kind of maybe speak to some of the, like those tough moments like you've been through and then how like music. Uh, whether it's like your own that you wrote or maybe, you know, other music that you listen to 
at that time like helped you get through like those tough times um i think music just has that magic magical power and there's really nothing that i could really describe it in a, a scientific way necessarily um you know everybody's got an outlet of of i think everybody needs a certain outlet for their emotions to get out to express themselves and that's why we need art and that's why we need you know people resort to music or songwriting some people do dancing some people do writing and painting like and and what's interesting is that you know i grew up in a uh generation slash um culture where as much as they love art it's like they don't really think of it as a an essential part of life you know what i'm saying they just think it's just like a side thing or they just think that maybe you know it's it's uh <laughs> it's just like dessert in a meal you don't necessarily need it you know um it's not sustainable it's not it's it doesn't feed you or whatever i mean but i feel like i would even like say that art is like one of the more necessary things in our lives and people just now realize that you know what I mean like when you're super stressed and and and, and so discombobulated people are people want to go watch a show or a movie and that's art you know somebody put that together with with music soundtrack and and screenplay and actors doing their craft that's art and it's funny, we consume art so much and somehow we just kind of convinced ourselves it's not that necessary. Like, you don't, you don't really want to do that. But anyways, yeah, during that time, uh, times, which by the way, it's multiple times, it's like a journey. Like there are seasons where I'm really doing well emotionally and then there's some triggers in my life that's just like, holy crap, how am I supposed to cope with this? And yeah, music has definitely been like, one of my saving grace um not only just listening to it but creating it is is like a catharsis of um i don't know it, it's just something it's just a magical gift that we have um that everybody can tap into not only me you know and um I don't know. I'm just thankful that I have it, and I'm thankful that I get to share my version of of that. And um, uh, there's a particular song since we t we're touching on like hard times and hardships and mental health. Uh, there's a particular song that that I kind of address that. Um, there's a song called "Above Water," um, and and it ended up to be on my first full length record called "Calls and Echoes," and I had Jeremy. Um, do vocals uh, as a duet with that and that's actually one of the very first songs that I've ever released that address mental health and depression and what's interesting is when people listen to it and don't listen to the lyrics I remember specifically some people were like oh that's a pretty song I love the melody and I was just like in my head like okay well that's cool but did you listen to the lyrics <laughs> um, yeah so um, and this again I released that back in two 2013 and this was before when people were really candid about mental health you know now everybody's talking about mental health it's on social media it's on instagram facebook but so when i even released that i didn't even think people would resonate with it i just thought it was like a, a track on my record or my album that's just for me this is just because everything was just like love songs 
or like a happier tone of a song and this one was just like I need to write a song just for me like to to kind of satiate what I want to say and so yeah Above Water and I, I remember months after I released that song as a single um, there was a fan who wrote me and said that it prevented I think it was a girl uh, uh, prevented her to to um, to commit suicide and when I heard when I read that I was just like oh like I, I didn't know what to, to feel I mean I was just overwhelmed and but that was the first um, that was the first uh, message that I've gotten like that for uh, like a response from a song that I've written and that's heavy you know and and I think that was one of the moments that I realized that what I do have is actually powerful and and impactful and not to say that I'm like this awesome amazing you know uh, it has nothing it's almost like it has nothing to do with me I'm just kind of putting it out there you know what I mean like I'm I'm getting out of the way have you heard that term like just get out of your own way and it'll just come out and so I think that was one of those moments in my music career as far as songs are concerned is uh I just got out of my own way and that song happened and it 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 influenced one person and I felt like my job was done you know if it it saved one person yeah so um yeah it's uh so not only did it help that person but it helped me um and it kind of fueled me to keep to keep going with my career I love that. Um, and that's so powerful that like music, you know, can do that not only like for you, but for like others as well. And you, you know, literally saved a life, you know, by, by doing that. And, you know, you mentioned like art and, you know, I, you know, art, art is creating, right. It's just creating, mm -hmm. whether it's painting or music, it's just creating something new. And I think, that is one of the most important things that makes us like human is just mm -hmm. to create what comes from our soul. Mm -hmm. And that in turn creates, I think, empathy too, because other people can see a, either a part of themselves or different parts of themselves within that art or that creation. Mm -hmm. And then it makes you feel like, hey, I'm not so like alone or isolated or you know, different, like, we're actually all like, so similar. And I think that like togetherness, you know, brings like some peace. Um, and with music, like just putting it out there, and it's almost like a, you know, a signal call for mm -hmm. other people to like connect with that. Um, and I think that's so beautiful that you wrote it almost for yourself, but that there was, you know, empathy that could be extracted from that from other people to really bring about good. Um, and I think that's like so incredible. Um, on, on almost like the, the flip side of that in some ways, uh, I think music can also really elicit like excitement and like happiness and mm -hmm. also just bring like so much joy when, but also, you know, it can also bring bring like people from that low point to a point of like joy pretty quickly. Could you describe maybe some of the 
you know, like a song or maybe some songs or a body of work that you've done where you've just felt like that, that joy, either creating it or listening to it. Um, and, and kind of what that felt like, you know, that, that process. I feel like I've been just so, I don't know if I'm just very blessed, fortunate, or just lucky, but every time I create a song, I always feel that. Every time I decide mm. to record a song and say, I want to record this and release this, the process might be different for each song, right? Because you use different producers or you use different musicians and all, you know, whatever setting logistically might have happened in each recording. Um, I think at the end of the day, I always feel that reward of, of exhilaration or happiness to actually birth a song out to the world um, so that's the recording process but I feel like most of, of the joy that I do feel and not feeling like I'm alone um, is when I do a show when I do sh um, and it's not to boost my ego or to say that I'm great whatever uh, or to just have praise but it's just there is that kind of like a communal vibe that goes on especially now in my career where I've done this quite a while and then you have you know kids who grew up listening to me like to my music you know who who watched my YouTube videos and they know my lyrics they know you know some of my songs especially like meant to be and try and then when I do sing that in front of them and sometimes I don't even sing a whole verse and they can sing it back to me and that to me is just like wow I I'm my songs are part of their life soundtrack and what an honor is that you know and um and just the fact that i had no record labels no like huge marketing push no i don't know huge team behind me and i don't even really have a team i mean i have really amazing supporters like a small group of supporters to help me out whenever i need it with my um with my career but um yeah, it's relatively pretty much all me. And so a lot of the times that I feel as much as I love music, I love creating, it does feel very isolating. It does feel like uh, I oftentimes I always think, was this all worth it? Is this all the effort that I'm putting out in the world? Is it all worth it? Like, I don't, you know, I don't care if I've done this 10 years or more, you know, at this point, it's like, there will be times, and there has been times not too long ago, that I always just tell, I don't know if it's worth it. Um, but yeah, so uh, the joys and the happiness that I've, I've felt is just through the reaction that I see um, with the fans and the supporters that have followed my career through the years. And I feel like instead of doing it for me now, I'm, I'm kind of just doing it for them, too. Like, to help inspire them to keep going. And in a way, it's not about me anymore. You know, and um, and I remember I, I've, I've mentioned this with different um, uh, different podcasts and interviews is that, you know, when I did that songwriting deal when I was a kid, it was just me wanting to pursue a career, a path for songwriting and music. And when I left Nashville and when that deal um, pretty much stopped and I had to go back and start over again and then YouTube had this research, you know, gave me the resurgence, um, and then found like a Filipino American 
audience and and then you know like i hear i get comments online and then like when i'm in la i meet some of them uh, on the street and and tell me that they started playing guitar because of what i did and they wanted to learn my song it's like i feel like the purpose has shifted away from me and now it has you know it's all about them now like it's i'm as much as sometimes there are days when i don't want to do music anymore not because i hate music it's just because it's just tiring you know life is tiring in general the music industry is another kind of tired you know um and i've had a lot of conversations with myself and other you know conversations with other artists my friends like don't you get tired like i don't know like how can i keep going and to be honest the only reason why i'm really you know keep you know i'm i'm continuing is because i'm inspired by the people who support me and and because if i inspire them that means i'm contributing something to the world out there to make it better as much as this world is kind of crazy and crazier through the days and you know depressing to just watch the news now and 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 so yeah i i that's the reason why i'm still here i guess <laughs> i love that um this, this is actually a great segue to my my next question so you said you know uh your song was a lot of your fans like soundtrack and to you know see them kind of you know sing the lyrics like back to you something really special mm -hmm. um but melissa what is your like soundtrack right now like what's what's a song that is kind of like on repeat uh on your uh phone okay uh, or, or, or my... you i was gonna say ipod <laughs> this is like... ipod no um uh... But yeah, what's a song that's like really your soundtrack like right now? Right now. Okay, I'm going to go to my playlist right now. So hold on here. Hold up. Like, like just instinctively, like if you're, you know, let's say, uh, you know, after a long day, you're like, okay, I got to put this on. Um, like in the past few days, you know, what would that be? Well, the past few days, I've been finaling a mix and master of a song that I'm about to release. So I haven't been listening to a lot of music. <laughs> outside of that okay um, fair. um but okay i'm looking i'm looking um hmm. Ooh. Uh. oh man there's so much a, a happy song or like a, a, a poignant life song <laughs> either one whatever is really kind of striking a chord with you right now Okay, there's a song um, by Cleo Soul, um, Don't Let Me Fall. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, I don't know, I just love how it was recorded. It has a kind of like this, uh, you know, it's a, it has a simple message to it, but I, I love the simplicity of, of the recording and how kind of somewhat raw it is. And I think it's just a very juxtaposed um approach because now it's everything is so slick you know what i mean like very you know um intentional in terms of like what kind of vibe um a, a band or an artist wants to be kind of thing it's highly curated but i feel like uh, cleo soul kind of has this you know still very raw um approach to her artistry and ooh, 
I know. Yeba. I don't know if you know mm. her. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. her, uh, basically her record that, that she recorded like live, basically. That's, uh, that's my jam. I would say I would repeat that over and over and over again. Um, uh, live at the Electric Lady. Uh, what is it about that live performance that really kind of tugs at you? Well, I th- I I'm in that whole um, train of thought that like I like imperfections, if that makes sense. And then mm-hmm. and the performance is pretty perfect though. Like her voice is impeccable, but you know, like but you can you can feel the room, you can feel like there's strings in there and then there's drums and there's bass and then you can feel like it's like you're in there and um it's more of an experience rather than like hey this is an amazing song or track and i can sing my butt off kind of thing um and and so some people and i just love live i just love the feeling of live music and so when i heard that um I've had this conversation with David Ryan Harris before where there's not a lot of live recordings that's translated well, you know, because sometimes live recordings is just like so stale and like, eh, it doesn't really have the energy. You just had to be there kind of thing. But um, I feel like live at Electric Lady, um, Yaba is probably pretty, pretty good. We're pretty up there on, on that. And, um, and yeah, she just has this... Um, I love her as a singer, uh, but I think what makes her scary in a good way is that she can actually write songs, right? So um, there's a lot of amazing singers out there that are like, oh, they're okay songwriters, but like, uh, yeah, but has that ability to to write amazing songs and very heartfelt as well. And um, yeah, I think she's 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 one of those legacy artists, I think, that I really admire from a distance i don't know her personally um mm-hmm. yeah and and she can sing anything but the way she approaches her vocals in a song is to honor the song not to show off her vocals if you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. um you know it, again it's like that venn diagram of like technicality but then like she's still i mean that's what i want to be as a song as a songwriter and a singer like my my vocals is just a means to an end to um, communicate a song. That's that's my headspace. I I'm not trying mm-hmm. to like show off that I can hit a high note. I'm not trying to show off that I can do all the runs and all that stuff. Um, I've just never been that kind of singer. I mean, I guess I could do it if I really want to, but um, I don't. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so yeah. Um, um, let me see here. She has a song here. Um, yeah. Uh, hmm. Actually, one thing I did want to do, and one of the reasons mm-hmm. I asked you, uh, and I don't know if we can do this with technology, but I I wanted to play like a small clip of like your favorite song right now. I don't know if you're able to pull it up. Could you, but if you can, could you just play like a small little part and kind of explain like why you love that, oh. that little bit? Okay. 
Oh, you should you should have told me ahead of time because I'm totally gonna like dice. I know honestly, I wasn't going to because, as you know, earlier I had a yeah. lot of technical difficulties. Uh, so I was like, "There's no way we're gonna be able to like get." But if you're able to, if it's like ready and you can pull it up, I would love to kind of uh, hear and see you like listen to it and kind of maybe even like dissect a little bit in, in terms of like why you really like it. And you can just play like a snippet. Okay, hold up. Hold up. You can edit it though, right? Like in terms of like the lag time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or I might keep it in raw. You know, we'll see. Oh, you know. There's know. no rules here. There's no rules. Wait, can I can I actually ask you something while you look for it? Go ahead. Um, do you think like some of the the rawness and you mentioned like imperfections? has been lost like a little bit as like oh. technology has advanced in studios and with like auto-tune. Like I remember like, you know, when they were recording like Hotel California, like they would go on the balcony and like hit like things to find the right, and they had to like record that right sound, you know, you couldn't like just create it in the studio. Do you think that's been like lost a little bit as the industry has oh. kind of like evolved over the years? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Um, okay, so I'm gonna share a song. So I admire di songs different, like in different ways. So there's some songs I love just because of the production value. And there's some songs I love because of the mel melodic line, some songs I love because of the vocal performance. But there are some songs that's because of just, you know, kind of all of the above, but there's always a specific reason why I love a song. And um, there's a song called Tuesdays by jake scott and literally there's no production like crazy production on it. it's just i think guitar and his vocals and usually there's a part of me that gets bored with that sometimes as much as a lot of people love guitar vocal stuff if it's not innovative if it's not like if you're not a vocalist or if you're not if it's not a good song it's like you get bored easily so so sometimes sometimes i love production value in, in certain things but this one is just purely because of the lyric and the melody and um, I'll just let me see if I can isolate the chorus that I love see it's just is this cool? sounds good um, so it's basically a love song and saying um, it's this dude um starting off as a narrative of like proposing to his girl and then talking to the girl's dad kind of thing so it's a sweet sentiment kind of thing and then um so the chorus goes So basically his point is that, you know, uh, relationships, highs and lows, but it's really sometimes just, just love is the Tuesdays. It's the mundane things, right? So, and I felt like that's like, has never been really translated well in any song, you know, uh, especially pop songs, R&B songs, like crazy. It's always real heartbreak 
or high on love kind of thing. But this song was just like, it's not only like the highs and lows, it's the Tuesdays, it's the mundane things, it's the little things that you do every day to make something work. And I just like, when I heard this, I'm like, wow, I wish I wrote that. <laughs> so that's one of the songs. Like when I say when I, I wish I wrote that, that's like the compliment for me because I feel like, uh, um, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's one song that I love. Um, I've been kind of in that stint of, uh, you know, I'm not really a TikToker, but um, Charlie Puth is definitely like the essential pop writer of today. You know, like he is just re really talented. And so, you know, for the way I would judge his work is different from what I just show, like showed you. Right. So he's very uh, Charlie's very clever in his lyricism but it's more about his like i think musicality that just draws me in it's just so cool and i and i enjoy his work a lot too so go ahead yeah song. well i i was actually scrolling through his tiktok last night and saw the video of him like he was uh closing a door and it made a sound and he mm -hmm. captured that and took it pitched it up a little bit um and like slowed it down and then added like all these layers to it and it, mm -hmm. of course, felt like he did it in like 10 seconds and like no. put together this incredible song. Um, but it was just really cool to like see that see that process. And uh, it made me like really kind of admire his like talent. Um, yeah, super talented. And, um, you know, he he's released quite a few singles. And I think I don't know if his 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 record or album has uh, is out yet. But there's, you know, there's light switch. I like light switch a lot and he actually also sampled a light switch sound on there and I saw a TikTok <clears throat> post on that. So like stuff like that's very clever and I appreciate it. Um, so, you know, I, I love different kinds of genres of music and people think that since I come across as this acoustic soulful person that that's all I listen to, but I listen to a whole slew of things. And so when people, um, ask me what my favorite song is or what genre of music. I'm just like, I'm everywhere. Like, literally the other day I was just, you know, working out listening to Muse. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> you like Muse? I love Muse. <laughs> yeah. And what, what, I, go ahead. What, what Or what song or what album were you listening to? I was just, just listening. I was stuck on Hysteria. Like, that was... Mm. That's a jam. Like, it's like an old school jam. Like, super old. And so I just remember listening to that and then like it just amped me up for workout you know like stuff like that and and um yeah but i also love you know country music too has a lot of amazing moments a lot of amazing songs in that genre as well um yeah and it's just there's just so much art to consume <laughs> to appreciate and to love is there is there a musical like guilty or like song that's a guilty pleasure for you that maybe you you know might be slightly embarrassed by if you like admit it out loud i feel like for a lot of musicians there isn't like they're very open with what they listen to but is there something that maybe uh you know people would be like oh i i, I wouldn't think like melissa might listen to that well a lot of people didn't think that i would listen to muse for some reason like I, I literally shared 
to my friend, a producer friend of mine, and I was like, oh yeah, I was just listening to music. And he literally said, I never pictured you listening to that music. I'm like, well, I'm full of surprises. But as far as like embarrassed, I don't know. But I guess some people don't really think they're cool, but like I love listening to the Carpenters and ABBA. Like it reminds Mm -hmm. me of my dad who passed away two years ago. So when I listen to that, like, there's some a lot of it's not hardcore it's not like it's just very sweet and um you know karen carpenter is like an amazing drummer too people don't know that but like um yeah i mean her and her brother they wrote like really cool songs that still to this day a lot of people still love and people don't you know yeah they're not necessarily like the cool trendy tiktok things but like i love i love that stuff too um you know, growing up Filipino too, that's like such a karaoke staple and all that stuff. I don't really get embarrassed. Like if, I mean, I even tell people that I listen to classical music for fun. It's, it, that's just, you know, that's just a thing. Like for, if you love music, you love different kinds of genres. I feel like that's a prerequisite to, to say yeah. something that like one is, you know, I don't know. It's too linear for me to think that like, oh, this genre is terrible whatever um i I don't think that's i don't know you need to expand your mind in uh, different facets of music i totally agree and i think a lot of musicians or creatives uh are typically like a lot more open-minded because they're always trying to create and in order to create there needs to be like a newness to it and in order Mm -hmm. to get that newness you need to be open to all different you know, genres or, you know, walks of life or perspectives. So it makes sense. Um, yeah. But I well, love that you, I, I, I love that you mentioned Muse and like country and classical. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I have a playlist in on Spotify that people can like look up to, uh, look up and just listen to the classical music that I love. Like, because I feel like, um, I, I I named it calm your nerves because it's I, I selected like classical music that would that calms you down. Um yeah, it's uh the thing is with with um music for me whatever I feel like the song or the artist is trying to say, I just want it to feel authentic. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That's all it is that I want. So if you're a hip hop artist, I want it to feel it. I just want to feel it. Like that you're authentic, what you're saying is authentic, that you're not trying to just make a brand or a facade or whatever. Um, So yeah, I, I always ask, like for anything, even outside of music, even if it's a movie or a show, I always ask and like remove myself. What what is it trying to do? Is it trying to make you laugh? Is it trying to make you cry? If so, is it successful? And if it's yes, then it's a great art. It's a great piece of art. So, um, yeah, that's just kind of how I approach things with with music too. So like, yeah, when when I hear a Char- Charlie Puth track, a fun Charlie Puth track, I just like, oh, what's it trying to do? It's a bop. Like, oh, yeah, it is. He's successful at it, you know? So uh, I'm not trying to, like, say one genre 
or one artist is better than the other kind of thing. Um, For sure. I think, um, you know, authenticity is so important as like the vessel, you know, or Mm -hmm. vehicle of, of music. And I think in order for it to really resonate, like truly, uh, you know, I think that person or the creator needs to really be authentic, you know, themselves, like really true to themselves and know who they are in order to like get that across. Um, and I think also through that authenticity, then, you know, births like purpose, you know, I think the more, Mm -hmm. At least in my personal journey, the more kind of authentic I am to to who I am, the more I kind of realize, you know, what my purpose here is, you know, in this world, I think. Um, And so along those lines, I did want to ask you, you know, this is kind of a, a, I think, big question, but I just, (laughs) I do like asking it because I love hearing how people answer it. and it's something I think we're all trying to figure out too. Uh, what What do you think, Melissa, is the purpose of life? Um, and also, what do you think your purpose is like here in this life, like specifically? There is a quote immediately. I'm gonna look it mm-hmm. up because I actually put it on my um, hold on here. I'm gonna look it up. Okay, there it is. Um, and uh, yeah, I stumbled onto this quote a long time ago. I would say uh, during like around the time that I got that, that songwriting deal. So like high school, college years. So it goes like, this. the purpose of life is to discover your gift. The work of life is to develop it. And the meaning of life is to give your gift away. And that's by David Viscott. And I've always kind of held that close to my heart. I just wanted to make sure I say it like verbatim because I didn't want to paraphrase. But yeah, that's probably one of my favorite quotes. And um, what my purpose is, this is my gift and my music. And um, let's say, you know, I found another gift that's not music tomorrow and I feel passionate in doing that, I will do that too. Um, so whatever your gift is, it doesn't have to be one thing. It could be multiple things. And that's what I'm learning now because I thought it was just only music. And the, uh, for the longest time, my identity is pretty much like solely music. But we're more than that, right? We can be, I'm a daughter, I'm a friend. I'm, you know, an auntie now. So it's like, I have different purposes and I have gifts within that and whatever it is that I find within the giftings that I have, my purpose is to give that away. So, um, you know, love is definitely like kind of like an umbrella, uh, statement, but I want to go specific, right? So the way I love the world is to create songs and to give it away because literally that's what I do. Like, the moment I release it to the world, I have no control over it. Like, no matter how much promotion I have or lack thereof, it's like people will receive it or... You know, it's funny because I I try to predict which songs will hit it big or which songs will, like, oh, my fans will love this or my fans probably won't like this. And it's, like, kind of hit and miss. Some of the songs that I didn't really think people would resonate with, like... 
they love it. And then some people, um, and some of the songs that I thought wouldn't go anywhere, that's what they resonate with too. So it's like, but either way, whatever I did put out there, it is what it is. And that's what I'm going to keep doing. And, um, yeah, so I'm hoping what I want to also find different kinds of gifts within me, right? Outside of music as a person, because you want to be whole. And this is an India RE advice, by the way, because I confided in her uh, a few times within my life is that, um, she told me, cause I was having a hard time being creative for a period, for a season, um, and she was like telling me, it's like, Melissa, you're not meant to keep writing songs all the time. You're meant to be whole. So yeah. whatever whole means to, to me or you, I think that's what we need to pursue. Because when we're whole, whatever giftings we have, we can definitely share it easily and more freely and less less of a control issue. Less, less of like, oh, I got to do this or got to, you know, because we're in a society, we're conditioned to like be productive you know we're we're conditioned to always put out things to the world because i feel like we put our identity in that quite a bit um especially with in our social media life and look there's a lot of mental health issues that came about because of social media as much as it it's been a blessing to me and to other people um there's the other side of the coin with it so we have to kind of um you know be balanced and whole and you know find figure out what that is but yeah so um yeah and i would love to i don't know mentor people mentor kids um later down in the life and um yeah so i don't know is that what you were looking for in terms of answers i don't know <laughs> i'm like rambling on and on it's not about what i'm looking for it's about uh you, you know you, you giving your most authentic Why? answers. And I think, you know, we really receive that. So yeah, I, I definitely feel and, and honestly know that, you know, your, your talent, your music, your creativity, um, is a gift to the world. And as you know, you mentioned earlier too, it can really make an impact on people's lives. So I think that's, you know, so beautiful and incredible. Um, and I would love to know what you're currently working on now and what, you know, we can expect from you, uh, you know, in the near future. Can you tell us maybe a little bit about some of the, the projects or, or, or things you're working on now and what we can expect? Um, well, there is one song before the year ends um, that I, literally today I got the master. <laughs> and uh, so I don't know if that's a technical musical jargon but like master is like the final recording so you're in the different process there's the songwriting and then there's like the demoing and then there's the actual recording mixing mastering so mastering is like the final step and to get there actually took a lot of steps uh to get uh to that point um but yeah uh, i just got the master i i i, I um hired my friend from the UK who does all the analog mixing and mastering and um, yeah just just got that today and hopefully released by next month and I would say it probably be my last uh, single for before the year ends and I don't know when the next one will be but again I'm part of my my <laughs> my career journey has always been kind of like um, 
yeah, you plan for your life, but also just kind of wing it, winging it at the same time. So um, I plan to be creative, whatever capacity that is. But like, yeah, I'm excited about this this song. And um, I don't know when this podcast is going to release, by the way. But um, hopefully, hopefully I, re- I release this single by November. So, yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, it, it'll be out, it'll be out uh, before November. So. Okay. Um, so guys, keep keep a lookout on the song. Uh, follow Melissa online, uh, Melissa Polinar, P O L I N A R. Correct. Uh, check out her music on Spotify. It's uh, incredible. I'm you know obviously a fan, and if you get the chance, also like see her live. You know, follow along. I think when I first heard you like sing at that wedding, I was just like blown away. Uh, not only like your voice, but I think the technicality too. Um, you could tell that it, you know, you're not just kind of like winging it and doing it for fun. It, it's you, you really have you know years of talent and experience behind you. Uh, yeah. So I really love jumping on and catching up here with you. I really appreciate your time. Is there any like last kind of words uh, that you want to say to to the world or to people out there before we we round things out? Um, I think I said a lot of things already, but, um, (laughs) I mean, for those who actually know my work and my music, I just want to say thank you. You know, thank you. I mean, Mm. to you personally too, who, who support, supports my, my, my craft or my art. And I think, I think we have to support each other in, in whatever endeavors that we have. And I feel very supported. Um, and I'm very thankful for that. And um whatever the future brings um you know because the future is definitely we don't know what's going on with the world now like it's like post-pandemic it's i don't know um but uh yeah i hope to um keep giving my gifts to the world that's all i hope Mm -hmm. for and uh yeah thank you and we look forward to continue receiving them uh (laughs) Thank you everyone so much for listening and watching out there and we will see you in the next episode.